0: Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,264. This week on Cars Yeah, I'm honoring the La Jolla Concours, which takes place on April 12th through the 14th. You can learn a lot more about this fabulous event at LaJollaConcours.com. Join me there. It's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Eat today's food tomorrow and do tomorrow's work today.
0: La Jolla, California. Dr. Richard Greenfield. Richard, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? As long as it's fast, I am. Okay, I promise to keep my foot into it. Dr. Richard Greenfield is an orthopedic surgeon who specializes in sports medicine and orthopedic surgery. He earned his undergraduate degree at Stanford, and it was at that time he caught the car bug. And in his spare time, he started working on hot rods. Richard bought his first collector car, a 1927 Packard, some 40 years ago. And since then, his passion for old cars has not diminished one bit. In fact, he still has that car. The La Jolla Concours was a big inspiration for Richard, and he's displayed several of his collector cars at this event over the years. And this year, he'll bring his 1937 Cadillac Limousine Coupe. It's the only one ever made. So Richard, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about a very obvious passion you have for automobiles?
1: Sure, it's a pleasure to do so. I was growing up and uh, found that I liked cars much more than my parents did, and that's probably when I got the bug. When I went (laughs) off to Stanford, I met uh, several fellow students. We became close friends, and we found that we all loved cars, and we uh, did something that I know you're not supposed to do, but built cars for street racing. There oh, was yeah. a, we had a, a great time with uh, camaraderie and uh, came up with some uh, strange cars. At one time, we took an Austin Healey Sprite and put a uh, 265 Chevy engine in it with a uh, power glide and used to go out and look for uh, Corvettes and see if we could be a little faster <laughs> than a Corvette.
0: Oh, my gosh, You guys were undercover stealth operators. That's cool.
1: The bug really started then and it... Uh, kind of got put aside a little bit as I went to medical school because I spent uh, a little time uh, studying then because that was required. Uh, In medical school, my uh, best friend from Stanford and I started restoring Austin Healy 3000s and made a little money doing that and had some fun and kept us from having to study all the time. And it's just kind of grown from that time on.
0: I think so. Yeah, just a little bit. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. This is a mantra or some kind of saying that has meaning for you. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars. Yes, yeah? so Richard, I know you love to drive, so take the wheel.
1: There are really two that uh, come to mind. One is to strive to always do your best, and the other was uh, one that I got from my immigrant grandfather and great grandfather, and they used to say, "Eat today's food tomorrow and do." tomorrow's work today. And so the hmm. idea was to put in as much effort as you could, be the best that you could and not uh, lounge around too much.
0: You know, that's a, a great legacy to leave for you from uh, relatives like that and obviously that's the way you want to be as a physician. How does that relate to your experiences with cars though?
1: Well, I was working with tools who were often greasy and not very fancy and uh, as I uh, was interviewing for orthopedic residencies, I told one of the uh, chiefs that the reason I wanted to be an orthopedist is that I wanted to get chrome-plated cr- tools because <laughs> yeah. you're still using a wrench and sockets-like uh, uh, devices. And the uh, idea was uh, to continue with some of the manual skills that I developed working on cars and use that is in my uh, profession.
0: Yeah. Now, this is pretty cool. and. I have a, a lot of friends who are surgeons and, uh, they get to use some pretty cool tools, especially orthopedic surgeons. Um, uh, in the case of, uh, one of my good buddies, he's a regular listener. a Shout out to Bill. He's a neurosurgeon and, uh, he's shared with me some of the cool tools he gets to use. Uh, I guess when the, what he says are cracking skulls, when you've got to cut open somebody's skull to operate on their brain, uh, there's some neat, neat stuff in surgery and in medicine. Uh, It's all the top-notch stuff. It's all shiny and cool, made of neat metals and things. So I can see that. Yeah, I can see that very well. Well, would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? You you talked about when you were in school and you worked on these old British cars and restored them, made a few bucks, kind of kept you out of trouble in between uh, the study hall time that you have to do when you're studying to be a doctor. Uh, But is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were indeed going to be a car guy for life?
1: Well, I think, uh, after reading the great Gatsby.
0: Oh, wow.
1: And so that was kind of an inspiration from the twenties and thirties cars. And I'd been in practice for a year and I had a little loose change and I found up in Encinitas, somebody was selling a, uh, 27 Packard uh, roadster or runabout and, uh, needed a lot of love and care and I couldn't resist. And I bought the oh. car and drove it and, uh, drove it and drove it, and pretty soon it didn't drive very well. <laughs> and so it came to a point where I found uh, on eBay a uh, another 27 Packard uh, straight eight engine and bought that engine and really got started on tearing the, the car apart to rebuild the engine. While I was doing it, I found, unfortunately, to change the wiring harness, I had to take the body off. Oh, so now okay. I had the body off, I had the frame, and I said let's go for it. And so we uh, soda blasted the frame and started from the very beginning and worked our way up. And that's how I really got involved in what it took to uh, restore a classic car to get it back to be at least as nice as when it uh, rolled off the factory production line. And uh, actually, we try and make the car look better and fancier. Yeah. Wow.
0: Well, I've seen pictures of your 27 Packard. It's a beautiful, beautiful car. And and I can't wait to join you down at the La Jolla Concours this year and look at this Cadillac that you're bringing. Tell our listeners a little bit about this Cadillac because this is a very, very rare
1: car. Well, this is a uh, car that I found out about from some friends who had managed the Stevens Collection or the Academy of, of Art University Collection, and they were uh, getting uh, rid of about 50 cars, and it was going on auction. And the history is that in 1936, one of the wealthiest women in Wisconsin felt uncomfortable having a chauffeur drive she and her friends around. And so she uh, approached her dealer, Cadillac, sent out representatives, and she says, I want a limousine for my friends and back that I can drive in front, and I don't want a long car. I need a two-door car. And so Cadillac went ahead and said, we will make you a limousine coupe. And they did so. So the interior of the car is like a limousine, but it can be driven by one person. It does not need a chauffeur. And she drove that car till the late 30s when there was some rumbling of uh, war issues in Europe and discussion of gasoline rationing. And so she uh, put the car up on blocks and it sat on block till the early 50s when it was uh, bought by uh, a broker and then sold to a uh, a well-known collector who drove the car did a, a little bit of a restoration on the paint but uh, then sold the car to the uh, Stevens collection and it sat there for 15 years uh without a, a lot of love I hate to say it but there wasn't yeah. a lot of love and we got the car and decided to uh, try and restore it to its original uh, beauty
0: wow well I can't wait to see this this car this is very very cool and can you imagine today going to a car company and saying, well, you know, I want you to make me something custom. I mean, it just it just wouldn't happen anymore. But back in those days, things were very different, obviously. And uh, if you were well-heeled, as they say, and willing to pay for it, they'd bill you whatever you want. So I can't wait to see this thing. What, what color is it?
1: It's uh, burgundy. Okay. As Beautiful. is the interior.
0: Oh, really? Okay. Matching in that were those the original colors for the car?
1: Those were the original colors. It's, uh, most of the paint is original. The interior is certainly uh, original. Wow. And uh, if you look on the dash, there's a uh, plaque in gold that has the woman's name on it. And if you look at the steering wheel, there's her name uh, engraved there and covered then with the plastic that they would have put over the steering wheel hub.
0: No kidding. Oh, my goodness. Well, I can't wait to see this. This is very, very cool. Well, Richard, what I want to do now is go down some of the roads that you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or even a big failure you faced along the way. Maybe this relates to career. Maybe it relates to a car, something in your life that kind of challenged you a bit. Because the reason I like this question is, what did you learn from it? And how did that experience help you move forward and gain even more momentum in your life and your career and your business?
1: Well, probably when I started out in practice and had no money and uh, found that if I worked very, very hard and was nice to everyone that you could be successful. And so I spent a lot of time in emergency rooms and uh, a lot of time taking calls for other doctors and had a, a card with my name on it without even the telephone initially number on wow. it. But uh, so I just found out when if you get going and you work hard, do you have a chance to succeed? So I think that that was a very important lesson to me.
0: Absolutely. You know, so many people, they look at physicians and they think, oh, you've always been this successful, but everybody's got to start somewhere. And obviously, medical school is very long, very arduous, very expensive, very time-consuming. I mean, they grind you guys to a pulp. I can't even believe what physicians go through when they're, uh, they're, what's the, the period of time there where you're, you're in practice you're not a doctor yet but you're in practice i'm trying to find the words here
1: a, well after med
0: school you have your internship internship that's what i'm trying to say yeah the, the the incredible internship and my friends who are doctors all the stories they tell me oh my gosh and then you got to start your own practice and yeah it's tough i mean it takes time but uh, the underlying lesson here i hear you saying is you just work really hard and you take every opportunity that's available to you right
1: Absolutely. You put your uh, head down and you go forward, but that probably is actually translated into the car restoration business where, you know, I work with two wonderful gentlemen, Mark Grant and Michael Howen, and they uh, put their heads down in the morning and we start working early or they start working early. I join them a little later and uh, we work late into the evening and many times it's seven days a week. And, uh, They have the same attitude, and it has given them uh, excellent success in what they do. Awesome.
0: Well, let's talk about your first really special vehicle. You've talked about some of the cars that you had, but is there one car that when you got it was something really, really special for you? Maybe you'd saved up, maybe you'd worked really hard. I don't know what it is, but kind of walk us through that and tell us some memories about that ride.
1: Sure. I started out in high school with a... 77 Dodge four-door bright blue vehicle that I bought for $25. $25.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> it was a pretty bad car. Yeah. And uh, when I, in fact, went to pick up a date, uh, the father came out and said, you know, why don't you take my car? I don't want my daughter riding in that.
0: <laughs> That's funny. <laughs>
1: uh, I didn't have a car after that for about five or six years, and so I uh, got my uh First real car when I was going to med school, I'd saved money all the way through uh, working in college, and I bought a '63 uh, Chevy Super Sport Impala convertible, oh, maroon, nice. black yeah. uh, leather bucket seats. That was really the first car, and it just—it was spectacular. It was the yeah. love of my life.
0: Yeah, those are cool. That, there's, those are awesome. I just had a guest on recently. We were talking about an early '60s Impala as well. It's kind of funny how they've come together. And I was at a uh, a car show not too long ago, the Classic Car Show in Costa Mesa, and I met Andy Leach, who's a builder, and uh he had a beautiful Impala, I think it was a 62, might have been a 63, that he'd restored and built for a guy. Kind of a hot rod, resto mod kind of thing, but just uh, the lines of that car are spectacular. What a cool car. Well, how about Sellers Remorse? I'm guessing you've let a car or two go that you really wish you'd kept.
1: Oh uh, I, I think everyone I've gotten rid of I've been ready to get rid of it. Oh, well, more, good for you. <laughs> it's probably more buyer's remorse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it always comes halfway through the restoration project when yes. it's costing twice as much and taking three times as long as I yeah. thought it would. Yeah. And so I, yeah. <laughs> I think that that's what I suffer the most. Of course, when the job is done, I'm thrilled and I forget about all the pain.
0: Yeah. You know, I've heard this many, many times on car restorations uh yeah they can be painful that's for sure and when you're buying a car lots of times you don't really know what you've got till you start tearing it apart i guess it's kind of like orthopedic surgery sometimes you go in and you're not quite sure what you're going to see in there <laughs> and you go oh uh there we go this is going to be a bit of a challenge but uh yeah i've heard that many times most of the people i talk to say buy a car that's already been restored but you like to do it the good old-fashioned hard way
1: well i thought this cadillac was already restored yeah and oh, wow. uh What you find is that what someone else's level of restoration is may not match yours or match mine. So, uh, you know, they start looking and they said, well, God, this was uh, won the show and it was a national top winner. And yet, as I look down uh, under the frame, it's greasy and there's rusty bolts. And how could they do that? We just uh, start again and try and make it look a little better than when it rolled off the production line. There you go.
0: Well, I would love for you to talk a little bit more to our listeners and convince them of why they need to attend the La Jolla Concour. I've been going throughout the years. I love it because I get to go back to my hometown where I grew up. I get to meet a lot of people that have wonderful cars. I get to see a lot of old friends, and, and the show is spectacular. But what what has you so enamored with the La Jolla Concour?
1: First of all, the setting. The setting is just gorgeous. I mean, you're overlooking the Pacific Ocean. It's sunny. It's- landscaping is beautiful secondly the people are friendly and great and there's you know everyone wants to share their car talk about it there's nobody there who's rude or pushy it just is a outstanding atmosphere. You don't feel any fierce competition with one car next to another. Am I going to win? Are you going to win? My car is better than yours. Everyone is always sharing and making suggestions about who you need to uh, call for help if you need it. So I just like the friendly, open atmosphere. I think Mike Dovier does a fabulous job organizing that show. Uh, the judges have been very, very nice and friendly. And first car I took there, I was, you know, petrified, and they were just reassuring and comforting. So I think it's just a a gorgeous experience.
0: It really is, and I encourage all the listeners there. If there's any way you can make your way to uh, San Diego County uh, here in the middle of April, uh, the La Jolla Concourse is is well worth the trip. I kind of call it a mini Pebble Beach because it's very much like Pebble Beach. It's on the Pacific Ocean. The venue's fantastic. Uh, it's a little smaller uh, show, not quite as spread out, but that makes it a little more intimate and a lot more fun. They have a great tour that I'm going to get to participate in with a past guest here, Wayne Craig, on Saturday. So I'm going to be driving with him in a, a spectacular old car. And they have a wonderful gala dinner uh, venue in the evening before. And then, of course, Sunday there is the actual show. So make sure uh, if you can join us, Richard and I, and all the great people that are going to be there, uh, attend the La Jolla Concord. You can find out more about it. At com. So, Richard, up next is the last lap before we put the pedal to the metal. Let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior. And interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more, from full cover designs for factory to custom made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers. Motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars. Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador. For your brand in a unique and personal way five days a week thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the cars yeah podcast and website contact me today and i'll show you how at mark at or connect with me through the cars yeah website at carsyeah.com. hey mark green here from the cars yeah podcast did you know you can now see me on the cars yeah tv show that's right cars yeah is now on mav tv I visited some of the past Cars Yacht guests and take you along for the ride. Go to MavTV.com to learn more where you can enjoy Cars Yacht TV. MavTV is also available on DirecTV, FuboTV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through MavTV.com online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. All right, Richard, we are back. And here's a little bit of an introspective question. I know we shared some emails before. And you had said in one of your emails, I'm not sure I can picture myself as a car, but I'm going to kind of push you along here a little today. I I can help you if you need some help. But I like this question because it helps us understand how you perceive yourself. So if you woke up tomorrow and you were a car parked in the garage, what would Richard be and why?
1: I'd be a Carrera S. And that's because I've (laughs) driven the Carrera S for 40 years. And I absolutely love the way the car handles I think it looks good. It's uh, fun to drive. It's always enjoyable. You sometimes well, there you go that old joke, which I probably shouldn't give on the air, but the difference between a porcupine and a Porsche.
0: I've heard this before from a rude lady in a gas station. She said that to me when I bought my fr- I think we're going to just let our guests imagine what the answer to that is. And uh, you guys who follow me. If you want to uh, answer that, the, the punchline to that joke that Richard just shared, Uh, You can go to my Facebook page and tell me the answer. How's that sound? I think that's perfect. I think so. Yeah, I had the first time I bought a Porsche, I had saved and saved. I didn't have two nickels to rub together. I bought a 74 911. I was so proud of that car. And uh, a lady at the gas station yelled that joke to me. And I just thought, how rude. I worked really hard for this car. (laughs) So uh, anyway, we'll just let your imagination flow there. Well, Richard, we are entering the last lap. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received?
1: Keep talking to car guys. Listen to what they have to say and embrace what makes sense to you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I always say to people, if you want to get involved with a car or buy a car, join a club that involves that mark. Because you can meet some people that can steer you down a much better path and tell you what to avoid what to go for, how to enjoy the car better. Yeah, talk to people. And if you go to a Concord like the La Jolla Concours, I tell you what, everybody that owns a car there will be more than happy to talk to you about their car. I promise you that. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Getting my work done. Yeah, absolutely. How about a resource? There are wonderful resources for us these days. Is there one in particular you're very fond
1: of? I go online, to be honest with you, and I uh, just look for information, how to do things. Everyone seems to want to share something. Perhaps the best example is I'm listening to Jay Leno's Garage, and he's talking about his 66 Lincoln Continental, which I have just struggled with, and he gave the name of uh, someone who was very, very helpful. I was able to call him on the you know line after... Uh, looking him up, and he gave us advice and told us what to do. So I just think going online and talking to people is enormously helpful. Absolutely.
0: Now, if I could wave a magic wand and arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? Probably Phil Hill. Oh, cool. Have you ever met Phil? I have have never met Phil,
1: but uh, he was a Packard Restorer, obviously a great driver, but had a, a tremendous love for Packard's. And I would love to talk to him about his projects, his restoration programs, and the way he approached the car.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you, uh, his son, Derek, was a guest here on the show. In fact, Derek just had a birthday this past week. So uh, happy uh, belated birthday to Derek Hill. I was very lucky because I raced vintage cars for a while. And Phil Hill, when he was still with us, was a celebrity driver that was uh, invited to be part of the Pacific Northwest Historic Races. And I got to have lunch with him, and it was just wonder- it was just by luck he uh it was actually a dinner they had a salmon dinner thing after the the race day on Saturday, and I sat at a table and he was looking for a place to sit, and I said, "Phil, sit over here." Nobody had invited him to eat with him, and he sat down across from me, and we just sat there and chatted and it was just a delightful delight i I kept pinching myself, going, "How did I get here? This is incredible. What a wonderful man he was, and everybody you talked to who had ever been friends with him spoke so highly or speaks so highly of him. Same with, with Dan Gurney, just a real gentleman, consummate collector, and you're right. I mean he was involved in the Pebble Beach Concours way back when, uh, with his uh Packard. So uh I wish I could make that happen. That would be very, very cool. How about a book, Richard? Is there a book you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: I think one of the most amazing books I've ever read is called I Am Pilgrim by Terry Hayes, H A Y E S. And it's a story of a gentleman who escapes from the uh, penal c- colony in Australia and goes to India. It's actually a true story that's been written on uh, toilet paper. Uh, it's a very long book, but it is an outstanding description of life in India for those in Mumbai, for the impoverished, and the criminal elements and success, and uh, even manages to get a little bit of Al-Qaeda into the middle of it. And I, so it's a book I really recommend. It's You won't be able to put it down, called I Am Pilgrim by Terry Hayes.
0: Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that book. That's not been mentioned here before, and I've I've uh, got, got over 1,000 books listed on the Karja website under the re- references sources or resources part of the website, guest-recommended books. But I'm going to read that because my son uh, is going to be married to a young woman who's from Mumbai. Her family's from Mumbai, and uh, we're going to be going to a wedding there uh sometime i would assume in the next year or two and uh i'd like to read that yeah that's i've never heard of that book so i will make sure i
1: pick it up it is a must and uh hopefully you will not be in the slums where he is writing from
0: i don't think so no i think we'll be in a pretty nice part of mumbai but it's a quite an interesting country my son's been there many times uh has some incredible stories about that country so uh, i'll definitely pick it up maybe that'd be a book to read on the long flight over to mumbai that might be a good one so uh very cool. Well, we're up to the checkered flag here, Richard, And this last question. Well, it can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet. That's right. I'm going to get out my big checkbook and buy you whatever you'd like. But there's a couple rules to this game that make it very challenging. One is it's the only collector car you can have. That's the hard part of this. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. That little trick's off the table. And it's a car that you got to drive No garage queens allowed here at Cars Yeah, so what can I buy you?
1: 1937 Packard V12 convertible sedan. Daily driver, smooth as can be, very fast, excellent braking. New coil springs added that year.
0: Well, you knew exactly what you wanted, didn't you? That wasn't a hard question at all.
1: (laughs) No, absolutely. I would love that car.
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, awesome car. I mean... Uh
1: Do you want to deliver it to my house or am I supposed Uh, to pick it up downtown at the uh, concourse?
0: No, I tell you what I'll do. I would like to buy that car and then drive it down the coast highway and deliver it to you down there in La Jolla. I think that'd be pretty darn nice. We can uh, can go over to George's at the Cove and enjoy a nice meal. And... uh, then we can take it to the uh, La Jolla Concours. That would be fun. But uh I'll get to work and see what I can do for you. You're, okay. you're not a cheap date, dear Richard. You've got very expensive taste. So uh this is might take me a little while to uh gather up the coins, the shackles to uh to buy this car for you, but I'm very aware of those vehicles. Seen some on the lawns at the many Concord events I've attended. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I have a feeling you know exactly which one you want to. Is there a a specific one out there that you've seen that you'd like?
1: Easy. I would take any of them.
0: Any? Okay. Well, you made it a little easier for me. Thank you very much. I don't have to pry it out of somebody's collection. Oh my gosh, Richard, you have been great. You've taken me on an awesome ride today. I knew we'd have fun uh, driving around in that packard of yours. I've really enjoyed your story. I want to thank you for sharing your journey. I can't wait to see you at the La Jolla Concourse so that we can shake hands and meet and say hello and take a look. You can take me for a walk around that beautiful Cadillac. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off down the coast highway in that beautiful 37 V12 Packard sedan?
1: And sure, absolutely. Enjoy all the people you meet along the way. Be open and friendly. It makes it a lot of fun.
0: Absolutely. And I'll remind everybody you can join Richard and I at the 15th annual La Jolla Concord Elegance that takes place this April 14th Uh, There's a tour on April 13th. It's at the beautiful La Jolla Cove. If you want to learn more, just go to LaJollaConcours.com and all the information will be there. I hope that you join us. Richard, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your many wonderful experiences with me and the listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you at the La Jolla Concor.
1: My pleasure, Mark, and thank you.
0: You're welcome. You take care of your cars.